everyone, and welcome to Sex and Violence, a weekly punk rock movie podcast about boobs and balls, guns and ammo, swords, and rock and roll music. And sometimes handheld charming photography. Sometimes. Sometimes. My name is Gabriel Mara. I'm one of your hosts, along with my co-host. Ryan Snyder here, as always. Hi, Ryan. Hello, Gabriel. Ryan, how's life? Life is good. Life is cold. It's, it's a little too cold for my liking. The Northeast is uh, not being kind this week. It's, it's rather, it, rather nippy. It's just the wind, I think, that like you, you, know, you walk out and like you're like, I'm going to wear my cool guy leather jacket. And then the wind pierces right through it like like fucking and you just needles wilter. in your arms. Yeah. And I, I already have like bus chest, I told you. I, mm-hmm. I took a trip to New York this weekend and I fell asleep in those cramped little bus seats. And so... I'm already clinching my body as close as I can, like a little, like a little corgi, and then the cold hurts me, and then I clench it tighter. And I think I'm just compressing my my little innards. Just like keep a, everything tight and like warm. A, like a little corgi. You have to apologize. There's a draft in here as well. I keep feeling it. Oh, I'm okay. Every time the wind blows, it just goes right up through these damn old buildings. Yeah, I'm wearing a thick sweater. It's a beautiful old building, though. Yeah, just drafty. Ryan lives in a castle, listeners. It is a castle. I have a small room in the castle. Mm. It is not quite haunted. But it's a charming room in a castle. Dude, the basement's haunted, I swear to God. Yeah, did you, have you told that story here on the, on the podcast? I don't know if you did. Oh I, don't, oh, I don't know if I did. So, when I first moved in, we didn't have, like, on-site laundry, so I'd have to, like, go to laundromat, go to my parents' house, do laundry. And then after... We've had it, the laundry in here probably about a year now. Mm. Um, so, it's in the, the basement. Dream. And the basement, like, I, like, before, like, when I moved in, I only went down there, like, once or twice just to, like, see what's up. And it's really fucking creepy. There's like graffiti on the walls, and like it's. Are there like pentagrams and such? No, not pentagrams. Like it's like, it's just re- really weird and bizarre. Like 1800s, like, well, I guess not 1800s. This building was probably 1920s, 1930s built. Sure. So it's got that really 20th century. That weird like architecture down there where there's like archways and shit. It's just creepy. I love that. Yeah, it's. I mean, if it wasn't creepy, it'd be beautiful. That makes sense. Oh, it could be both. So either way, I was down there doing laundry the one day, and the one building here, or the one uh, apartment, has access to like a portion of the basement. The other portion is like community for the laundry services. Sure. So I'm down there doing laundry the one day, and right next to the laundry, there's like a door, and the door handle starts jiggling and shaking and uh-huh. moving. And I was like, oh, God damn it, fucking demons! Of course, I'm trying <laughs> to do my fucking laundry. So every time I go down there, I put on stand-up comedy because I, I feel it wards away the demons. Sure, laughter always kills demons. Yeah, and then uh, it's I like found out. Like clapping, um, but opposite. Yeah, I found out like after telling the story to some of my neighbors that the people who have access to the basement have cats, and the cats probably heard me and they were trying to say hello, so they were jiggling the doorknob. Oh, that's adorable! <laughs> so I thought it was demons and it was kittens. That's so sweet. Yep. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person that I've become belligerently skeptical. I mean, not not towards people, but. You know, I live, I, my house that I grew up in, and I live in now with my family, it is a old-ass house made in 1900, I think. So, it's a spooky old house. And as a little scared, like, Catholic child, I was terrified of everything in that house. So, I became, like, for me, the only way to survive was to get rid of all my nightlights and sleep with the closet door open. So, that way, I can see everything. A monster can't come out of the closet it's already open. There's no portal. If I would see a portal open up or something, then I have time to run. Yeah, but ghosts can just, like, instantly, like, what's the opposite of dissipate? Like Apparate. Apparate. There you go. They can just, I don't like, think that's a word. Is that, I think, isn't apparate just a Harry Potter thing? I don't know. But, well, they're just apparitions. Appear. They can just appear sure. out of thin air. So, like, they you, could could, you could literally just look at your closet and just, like, 
See, it's you know, there. at least I'd see it coming. For me, the unknown is a scarier thing. And once my eyes just in the dark, I can see the wall of my closet. I don't know. I'm but afraid the, of that poltergeist thing. Oh. You just have, like, one chair in there with a little ball <laughs> on it, and it just starts fucking with you. No, see, for me, like, I... For me, if, if there's a door rattling, and I'm in a basement, I'm walking beeline to that... It's like asking a girl out before you lose your nerve. That I'm beelining for that door, and I'm opening it, because I want to know what's behind it. Because if I run away, I'll be scared forever. I tried doing that when that door jiggled. Like, I grabbed it, and it yeah. was locked. And it still kept going. And then I kicked the door and screamed, fuck you, and then ran up the stairs. So I feel really bad. I said, fuck you to kittens. Oh, poor kitties. Yeah. That's okay. They probably I thought they were kid. demons at first, dude. Like, fuck they you could be to demon demons. Cats. Your cat's a demon cat. Yeah, she is. But, like, it, it it's still kind of spooky because, like, I love the movie It, and now that It had that basement scene. And yeah. It's, the stairway down is kind of similar, like, to the movie with, like, wooden stairs and creeping. I don't just, I don't want to see a clown. I have another fun sub-basement story, but I feel like uh, this is an extra long early tangent we're having. But you know <laughs> the what? basement podcast? The basement podcast. You know, well, uh, cellar door podcast. Mm. Uh, was that was that Shakespeare or Poe who said the cellar door is the most beautiful phrase in English language? You got me. I'm not hmm. cultured enough for that kind of stuff. Listeners, tweet at us at Top Gallant Radio. I forgot yep. the name. Yep. Or me at uh, Gmar number four series. Anyway, Ryan. Yes. We did a movie this week. We did do a movie. What movie was it? For listeners who pay attention. Mm. They will know. But those who are jumping on right now, we did uh, Six String Samurai. Hey! In 1957, the bomb dropped. The last bastion of freedom became a place called Lost Vegas. And Elvis was crowned king. Now, his only heir has died. And Vegas needs a new king. And one guitar-picking, sword-swinging wanderer is fighting for the throne. And one lone orphan is along for the ride. If you scratch my guitar, I'll kill you. Follow the yellow brick road, homie. Directed by... Some guy. Some dude, Lance Munchie, I want to say his name was. He was also one of the people who co-wrote it with uh, Falcon. or Fal- Jeffrey Falcon. That oh. name I did not forget. Let me internet it. Mm. Porn, porn, it's all porn. Mm. Jigsaw, Punisher... Jigsaw, Punisher, Porn. <laughs> FBI is coming to my house later. Yep. The Crow, Wicked Prayer. Yep, I was right. Lance Mungia, who directed also The Crow, Wicked Prayer. Yeah. Starring Eddie Furlong, Tara Reid, and another face that I remember laughing when I saw it. David Boreanaz. Not really a great pedigree. No. But that's okay. That's I like okay. the idea of Eddie Furlong as The Crow. Yeah. So we did Six String Samurai, film from 1998, directed by Lance Mungia and starring Jeffrey Falcon. Ryan, do you want to do the honors and tell us what this movie is? Oh, I can just see your face. Now I know what your opinion of it is. Well, no, I think it might, be, it might be surprised. Okay. Uh, this is a movie that is... Um... They do the setup as, like, in 1957, we went to war with the Russians, and it caused World War Three, leaving only one last, like, bastion of, like, American hope, and that was Las Vegas. Yes. Um, and Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. And Elvis Presley was crowned the king 
officially. Yes. So he's the king of Vegas. Uh, I believe it's 40 years later? Did they say 40 years? Was it 40? I guess so. Years later, he dies. And yeah, he it would no, be 1997. No heir to the throne. So now every rock and roller and samurai sword swinging a-hole is, is coming Clint to Eastern. try and claim the throne for themselves. So our hero is essentially Buddy Holly. Yep, he's just known as Buddy. Buddy. And he's going to claim that throne for himself. Mm -hmm. And he is chased by Death, uh, a.k.a. Slash. Apparently Slash. Apparently Slash, uh, across the wastelands. Uh, Slash, Slash, the Wicked Wizard of the West. Buddy is accompanied by a a young child whose mother was murdered in the opening scenes, and Mm -hmm. they're making their way across and fighting various people. Yes. Getting into trouble. Okay. So it's, um, it's Lone Wolf and Cub. It's Lone Wolf and Cub. Along with um, a little bit of El Topo. A little bit of uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's a lot happening. It's a little... So, here we have Wizard of Oz, Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, Sanjuro, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Phantom of the Paradise, and... What was the last one we said? Uh, El Topo. El Topo. There you go. The Mole. Yeah. Ryan, so what did you think about Six String Samurai? All right. I'm very, I'm very curious. Watching this movie, I, I was enjoying it for the most part, and my main thing was like, I wonder. I think this is a movie that could go exactly down the middle of Ryan Snyder. Either you love this thing, or you're like, this thing's fucking dumb. Uh, it's funny you should say that. I'm in neither of those camps. I'm no? kind of in a, a, a weird middle ground camp. Okay. Where like, there's portions of it that I enjoy. I feel that a lot of scenes meander on way too long. Yes. I think the action sequences are pretty cool yes uh i think some of the themes are a little Murky? childish <laughs> so to speak yeah the uh the final battle uh, as always spoilers the final battle is a uh, buddy holly versus slash in a samurai sword duel to the death yeah and it becomes like it which it, i guess it was throughout the whole thing but like you don't need to verbalize it like heavy metal will defeat rock yeah, and roll yeah he straight and I was up like, says the f- line what like um like you will bow before the power of heavy metal I'm and I was like, like uh, oh okay uh, this movie was not made by writers no i mean you know i i really really love the concept that they're going for i think that's awesome i would have loved to see the world fleshed out a little bit more with more mm. like 50s rock and roll icons as like maybe the people he has to, like, defeat and get through. See, I think that maybe if he had, like, at the, even, like, one more million... This, this movie's budget was two million. If he had made, like, at least one more million, this movie would... Every... I think this is the kind of thing that if you capped it at 20, he would have made... I think 20 would have been the perfect budget for him to realize this incredible, insane, ridiculous vision he had. Mm-hmm. I think any more money than that, it would have gone dumb. It would have gone, like, episode one. Yeah. But... I think the the budget couldn't handle what he wanted to do. I think that's pretty apparent. Like, did you notice that there is, like, a scene from... Well, oh, you haven't seen that one. What? Oh, wait. One of the Lone Wolf and Cubs has, like, that exact same scene of uh, Ito Ogami having to cut down, like, a hundred dudes on a mountainside. Hmm. So when I saw that, I was like, are you fucking... Like, that's... Uh, that's not even... This is not even homage. This is, like... That's all right. I think I think that that's, that's tribute. I think it's it's all... If you can, yeah. if you can, if you can recreate, especially in 1998, no one knew what Lone Wolf and Cub was, so that was definitely him being like, "Oh, have you guys seen this Lone Wolf and Cub thing? Let's do it." Yeah, I mean, it, it probably harkens back to uh, Jeffrey Falcon uh, being in like the Asian uh, film martial arts scene. Before yeah, he was doing a this. Hong Kong martial artist, yeah. star of the film, the Buddy Holly guy, who 
I don't know if you picked those in as well. He bears a striking resemblance, to me anyway, to singer of the Red Hot Ramblers, Larry Toft. That's who you got? Especially his voice. Oh, God damn, I gotta pull up the actor. He doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a strong... He has a kind of like a lightly reedy voice. I think he's poor man's Guy Pierce. He's also 100% that. Danny, um, Daniel Reichel of Slow Raiders, Top Gun Radio. Fuck you, Danny, by the way. Um, I sent him the trailer. He's like, is that Guy Pierce? And yeah. I'm like, no, it's it's Jeffrey Falcon. Yeah. Who reminds me of Pennsylvania singer, leader of a fun band, the Red Hot Ramblers. That's Larry funny. Those, it's if he, shorter hair and that's yeah. And give him a, be- a little bit of square beer. of a jaw. Yeah. Just have him say the lines like, "Get out of here, kid." Yeah, I. Uh, this I whole wish movie they had is more basically money. Basically, completely eighty yard as well. That so many portions of this thing is clearly the recording was done after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, you like mm. definitely can tell it's, it's like dubbed. That might have been intentional, like a like a tribute to like spaghetti westerns. Okay. Maybe. I could see. I grabbed the jewelry thing. Oh no, sorry. Um, just that like it's. I really wish he had a better writing partner, perhaps. Like I wish that I, I think like this script given like a once over again and like retooled a little bit and more money and a better director would have given us like a really great cult classic because it, it doesn't quite reach like that cult classic stage yeah, it to me. Doesn't it's chill. a fun movie that I think I could show to somebody if they mm-hmm. were like if they liked all the lone wolf and cubs and that kind of stuff but it's not something that I'm like rushing out to like buy on DVD I find it aesthetically pleasing like yeah. if there was artwork for mm-hmm. it I would buy oh, artwork plenty, I, it th- up. I think that would be awesome I think and maybe I'm like belaboring a point and it would be redundant to say this but I think if you were to give this to like Edgar Wright Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's seen this thing like this, the back of the it's, hand. It would it would essentially be a sequel to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. But like this is like I just love that you're taking these 1950s rock and roll icons mm-hmm. and giving them samurai swords and having them like have to battle their way to Las Vegas. I think that's such a cool concept. It's and a I great wanted to premise. see I want to see more. Yeah. I think this would have worked better as a comic book though. I think, I think like, they, they made Gra- one, did they? Uh, yeah, they well, did. Rob, I, Rob Black it, I think it was so. only like one issue. Or something like that, but like I could see this as like long form, like definite beginning, definite middle, definite end, mm-hmm. like graphic novel style. Like you yeah. could run this over five years and tell a complete story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like like an American animation of it would be great. Even back yeah. in like the nineties when they were doing that MTV. Yeah. So I I liked this movie. It so when I when I first started watching it, I was just kind of like I completely agree. It feels like a movie that's kind of held back by its own talent somehow. Yeah. That I think the director and Lance Mungia and Jeffrey Falcon came off the idea together. They made the, they wrote it together and everything. And I don't think it necessarily needed a better writer. I don't think I think it functions perfectly as it is as a thing of I want, silence. Like and I was thinking about like writer directors that I would love to see do this and like Edgar Wright came up when I was thinking about it and then I was like that's such an easy answer and all I could think of were like easy answer ones like if you were to give this to like say 90s Robert Rodriguez yep this huge Rodriguez inspiration in yes yeah. I, I think that Lance Lance is a better director than an amateur but he definitely didn't have the chops to pull off this movie yeah. which is a shame because like it's it's just not that well directed there's there's moments where it looks great where Jeffrey Falcon is kicking fucking ass yeah. and he's doing some sweet samurai shit and doing sweet jumping and kicks and everything but I think it's just he's not good enough as director and I think maybe if he had had 
like a bigger budget, he could have made it work. Maybe it was time and space. And, I mean, like all sorts of things go hellishly wrong across the shoot. Some scenes clearly look better and sound better than others. Yeah. Like the weird thing with the cannibal family, that look, that's weirdly well shot, but that's just dialogue and crazy stuff happening. Yeah. But, you know, like since, I think this is, it's another casualty of my, my actual film education that now I look for good cuts and bad cuts, like what, what cutting an action is supposed to look like. And he doesn't quite pull it off, but I think it's good enough that I was sitting there and I'm kind of like, I don't know if I like this. I don't think this is good enough. I feel like this is this is 1994 Kevin Smith trying to do an action film. And Kevin Smith has yeah. never been a better, he's never done good action anyway. Red State kind of worked. But besides yeah. that, it's like, I'm like, ah, oh, Lance, you're not good enough to do this. Maybe you needed a better like cinematographer to help you out of this or a better editor. But there's a lot of choppy shit in this. Mm-hmm. It feels cheap. But the thing is, by by the end of it, by the death fight, I was in. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to treat this like an extremely creative piece of community theater mm-hmm. where a bunch of people who have some skills but not enough money or time or ambition, like like the vet director in your community, in your neighborhood was like, oh yeah, I had to drop out of film school because I had a family to take care of, but I'm putting on a play... And it's actually pretty good. Yeah. That this movie, it, it comes together. It just isn't a masterpiece or anything. It's not even a cult masterpiece. Yeah. It, I, I, I like, like it. I feel like I want to explain my, my script thing yes. a little bit. I'm on record being a very big fan of quotable dialogue yes. heavy you movies. Love a good and, I, and I think that's what I wanted when I like when I'm saying like a, another polish in the script. I think mm. it, there's room for like really cool like 80s one-liner dialogue in this sure. and it doesn't really happen and when it like you get a couple lines they're like really weird and kind of forced mm-hmm. like when you have a samurai sword slash guitar toting alcoholic buddy holly yep. that is ripe for a couple real good lines he's and not a it's buddy holly he shouldn't be the man with no name I, i'm not saying you should be the no, man with no name but like you if this is buddy holly buddy holly has been living under you know soviet rule mm-hmm. as an alcoholic for the last x amount of years yes. he's gonna be a little jaded mm-hmm. and i think giving him that like world weariness which he has on his face the whole time in yeah. the movie that he's just sick of this shit and he wants you know to get to las vegas and be a good king mm-hmm. and i think that there's room in this for some snappy one-liners and we didn't get them just uh, the, so. the only one we got is like you touch my guitar i'll kill you like yeah i think that's maybe you're right i think that they do try to have a one-liner or two it doesn't quite work i don't i, I wanted more yeah, and then too. I felt bad for wanting more because clearly they did their best. Oh yeah, like, this I, this is a movie made with love. Yeah, made all, so much love that you don't want to shit on something like this because they put together. This is still a cool movie with a lot of great shit in it. It just doesn't come together so well. It's you know, it's like I, I wish that they had made like this had been a smash success. And they had made like three more. I bet number four would I think have been, they had a, like, a plan two would to have turn been this like into a like a trilogy, right? I think, yeah, that was the plan. Oh, can I, speaking of script and writing, I'm put off by kids in movies, especially mm-hmm. in an adult narrative, because uh, oftentimes all a little kid will do is put the protagonist in danger. And every time the, something ha- bad happens to Buddy, it's because the kid is fucking around. Or how about this? Ah, yeah, oh my god, and every... the crying scene, I'm like, this, I hate that noise, 
Like, I yeah. don't... Oh, God. Yeah, that, that kid I, I don't like little sucks. Boys. Yeah, I, I, I did not like him. And, like, I don't know if the, uh, the object was to make him obnoxious. Like, there's the Scorsese film. Alice doesn't live here anymore, but the point is the kid is horrible. Mm-hmm. But this thing, the kid, like, the... And that long-ass scene where he's just crying, and they mixed it so he's so loud. And I'm like, buddy, just cut his head off. It's fine. Yeah. Like, he does try to give him to the cannibals. Yeah. And then every time he, like, gives him away, he's like, ah, all right, I guess we'll yeah, go back and get him. He does that, like, three times. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, either get rid of him or don't. Like, like, like uh, with the Russians, buddy would have been fine. He was killing all the Russians. And then he only gets hurt because the kid distracts him. Yeah. He told the kid to run away. Yeah. And then, like, it would have been fine. And told him not to scratch his guitar. Yeah. And then he does it again when he gets, like, he's, he's running with the sword to, like, I, I don't think he was walking towards the like the archers of death to die. He was just kicking ass. He had a guitar battle. I, I, I really feel like before Scott Pilgrim, this is all you had for a rock kick-ass thing kind of thing. Like it's Rock and roll and samurai. Exactly. But that it's... Like, and then the kid fucking is running towards him with the sword. And it's like, fucking naturally he's going to die. Then he gets hit the arrows and he's on the ground. The kid's like, buddy, you can get up now. It's like, kid... He There's just got fucking shot. arrows in his back because of you, stupid. Yeah. Ugh. I've also felt the ending was like a little bit ham-fisted with the kid putting on his suit and walking. Like, yeah. Ah, Book of Eli. There's no reason for that. Like, Mm-mm. just have the kid, like, maybe <laughs> pick up the guitar and, like, guitar slash samurai sword set up. Mm-hmm. I want to make that. I have a guitar yeah. and I want to do that to it. Yes, yeah, so the just tape duct, scabbard. Just duct tape a samurai sword holder into yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it'd be bad. so metal. There's a lot of cool stuff in this. Ah. You know what? Here's a here's a thought. Okay. So let's remake it starring you. No. Oh. Maybe. Come on, bro. Okay, I'll do it. Only if you direct. All right, I'm on it. Okay, deal. If anyone has two million dollars, they want to give us. Yeah. Hmm. We could do this. Mm. We have some friends who you know could play the different. I I just want more rock and roll icons. Yeah. You know we'd have to let uh, former guest Neil Heimsoff play uh, Dion. Oh yeah, was it him or Bobby Darren? He could Bobby Darren. Anyway, the yeah. real idea <laughs> yep. is, uh, looking online, uh, Jeffrey Falcon's like 55 now. Yeah. Why not remake it now with yeah. him again, and then you get the actual old, world-weary Buddy Holly. That'd be like, great. give him another shot. Like, if I have no doubt in my mind that he hasn't, like, I bet he hasn't dropped off with his martial arts I stuff. bet he still kicks ass. Yeah. So, doing Tai Chi and everything, probably, like, nice and spry, 55-year-old dude. Mm-hmm. Dude, give it another shot. Maybe, like... Let's do. Let's get that same old script out of the garbage mm-hmm. or wherever you have it. Have a nice little touch up. Yeah, on have it. a nice touch up. Kind of redo it for a modern age. Mm-hmm. Your boys probably learned a few things in the last yeah. twenty years with directing. You can get a couple more mill raised up. Kickstarter. It's a whole new world. That's true, but it's totally doable. Remake it now that you're older, and like have it be. Maybe it doesn't even have to be a, a remake, a spiritual sequel. Just start again. Yeah, soft reboot. Yeah. It'd be cool as shit. I would totally watch 55-year-old Buddy Holly as opposed to 30-year-old Buddy Holly. It's a good idea. We should, like, let's, okay, let's, I'll add this to my list of musts. I will meet the people who run Draft House, and I'll be like, hey, guys, we should fund a remake of Six Trick Samurai. And when you're done with that, fund my cartoon, Private Eyes. (laughs) You know, we can still totally do that. I Listeners, see I, Ryan I, I, and I are planning an anim- like a short animated series about Hollow Notes as Chippendale Rescue Ranger style Private Eyes, and it's called Hollow Notes Private Eyes. Oh, that'd be so great. Oh, that'd be so good. 
You really think Tipper Gore is the proper villain? No, we have to we have to research this. Yeah, it's something where like we can never land on like the perfect like eighties no. villain. Yeah, who? What's what was the name of the bad guy from? Was it Fat Cat from Chippendale? Oh, jeez, now you're making me pull. Oh, let's find this out. Okay, hold on, let's ask Siri. If you're doing, like, a, an 80s throwback kind of thing. Siri, who was the bad guy in Chippendale Rescue Rangers? That doesn't sound good. Fuck you. Fuck you, Siri. Fuck you, Siri. I'm sorry, Siri, I don't mean that. Bitch. Yeah, you need you need an actual, like, good, cool, like, memorable villain for these kind of things. Yeah, and, like, I think, like, having it be, like, like Gorbachev is played out... Yeah. You have to find you have to find the right thing. No. And having Tipper Gore, like it's too predictable to have that conservative against. Yeah, we would we'd want it to be weirder and funnier and not so simple and easy. It was D. Snyder of Twisted Sister. So I could see something like that working. Like we have to fu- like let's watch the entire history. Let's watch like behind the music of Hollow Notes on loop. Oh, I, I did that like two weeks ago. Nice listeners, don't great. you dare steal this idea. Yeah, copyright. Or if you do, Brian just like Gabe. like you know yeah yeah copyright sex and violence. Hold on, Monterey Jack. That's funny. Uh, what's the name? Zipper is the thing. Sergeant Spinelli, Tammy and Blake. Who the fuck are these people? Apparently, I didn't watch the show very. Fat Cat. It's Fat Cat. Okay, there you go. I was totally right. So yeah, listeners, if you have any ideas and you want to join us in this enterprise to create this animated series, you let us know. Yes. Anyway, back on. You're going to talk to the Alamo Draft House people. Yes, and, and we're going to make Sixer Samurai happen again, because this is too good a premise, and it's too great a world. Oh, we haven't even gotten the Red Elvises yet. Oh, yes. So, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, when we were talking about, like, hey, it's going to be New Year's Falls on a Sunday this year. We're not going to have to work. I'm going to go see the Red Elvises, because they play every year over here in Bethlehem on Southside. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually the band in this movie. That's so damn that cool. That does, like, the soundtrack. And... Soundtrack's great. Like I love the fact that like you have, um, you know, Elvis is the king of the rock and roll, and Russians bred Elvis is. I yeah. was like, that's actually fucking uh-huh. clever. So I thought that was cool. But yeah, they're uh, they're the ones in the movie, and yeah, it's cool. They're like kind of like henchmen of death, mm-hmm. and they have really nice shoes. They have great shoes. Great shoes. And Russian accents. Yeah, I would like. I love a uh, off the red Elvises. I love a hero in the suit jacket kind of combo. Mm-hmm. I think that looks so cool. I agree. Yeah, Let's it's see. it's a very cool concept and cool looking things, but just like if they tighten the screws a little bit, this would have been like a masterpiece. Yeah, it, it really does have like the DNA to be something fabulous. Like, so Ryan, how do you feel about silent protagonists? I know you, I know you'll like your snappy dialogue, but are you a fan of a silent protagonist? Uh, in what sense? Well, at least like, like the man of no name. Do you do you like mm. Clint Eastwood as that character? I and they set him on fire in this movie. I don't. No, I don't like a silent protagonist. Okay. Because, like, I, I, I'd i want to recommend El Topo to you. Because mm-hmm. El Topo is basically this, but... Like, totally silent, no dialogue whatsoever? No, no, no. Um, well, no, the protagonist is a lot stranger than that. There's, there's, It's a movie without... It's not funny dialogue at all. It's just... It's a... It's called an acid western for a reason. It's fucking bonkers. It's a weird Werner Herzog, John Watersy, strange... Western, violent, odd, boobs, midgets, and trapped in tunnels, and craziness, and mad monk stuff. Like, I'll show you the trailer later. Mm-hmm. It's bonkers. But it's not It's not a dialect movie at all. It's just a crazy, fucking crazy Western. But it also functions as a traditional gunslinger Western, which is still pretty cool. It's, okay. it's not, you know, it's a good, I mean, like, like, Lone Wolf and Cub isn't really, like, like, I mean, he's virtually silent for the most part. 
Okay, maybe I have to retract my statement. Yeah. So if you if you like kick-ass violence with a badass hero, with not necessarily great dialogue, El Topo might be something you could get behind, but also it's real weird. Imagine if there was no... If it wasn't Buddy Holly, it was just some cowboy, and he had this naked child on his horse, and he has... Actually, it's kind of... He has to kill, like, the best gunfighters in all of, like, the land. Cool. I'm a, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to show you the trailer right now. Alright, that's fine. Listeners, if you're not familiar with Alejandro Jodorowsky, he is a madman and a brilliant director, at least visually, anyway. He's a very, very strange dude. And, you know, he was going to make Dune, etc., but El Topo is bonkers. And it's just this crazy fucking western. Apparently John Lennon was a fan for some reason, I don't know. Hmm. I think that's a boy. What's the use of those gloves? That's it? That does look like something that John Lennon and Yoko Ono would be a fan of. Okay, hold on a minute. That was a shitty... <laughs> that was a bad example. Okay. Um, let me find a better one. El Topo, gunfight. Well, we can watch the whole... It's only an hour long? Really? Apparently. Oh. Oh, well. Okay, let's see if this clip has any gold for us. There's another stupid trailer. Be prepared to live the most wonderful experience of your life. <laughs> Alejandro Jodorowsky's film classic, El Topo. Taylor, you're not making the case for me. Oh, it's not happening. There's a bunch of dicks, though. Well, anyway. I believe you. It's a cool western. Put it in the pocket for a pick. A possible pick? Yeah. I would I could get behind something like that. But yeah, it's that. If you added rock and roll American sensibility to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just wish this movie was expanded upon a little bit. I wish it was a little better. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I, I disliked it. I yeah. just, I didn't. 
my think... enthusiasm for it was through the roof when we saw the trailer last week. Yeah. I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And not my response, just kind of like, yeah, it's good, but... I think if I'd seen this in high school, I'd have been like, dude, have you seen Six Strange Samurai? Yeah. But now... I'm gonna... Like, describing it, like, I was... Uh, uh, when I was working last night, they had asked me what movie we'd watch, and describing it, like, I was excited describing it, because mm-hmm. it's it's cool to talk about and everything like that, but like, when you sit down and watch it, it's just, uh Yeah. Lower your expectations if yeah. you're going to watch it. I would recommend, like, people of this show, if you've come this far with us... Yeah, check it out. Watch it. It's fun. It's yeah. a fun movie. It's very creative. It's made of a lot of heart, but is it, like, a champion? No. No. It's like Rocky and Rocky won. It wins by love. It doesn't actually win. Yeah, it's not one of the worst movies we've watched. It's not one of the best. It's pretty middle of the pack. It's good. See, you know, you know I think what have made this thing really good for me? I, will, I wanted it to be a hard art kind of thing. That if this had been a portion Ricky O, like if this had been shockingly violent, mm-hmm. I think I might have gotten more behind it. I wanted some blood geysers. Geysers? I never pronounced that word right. Geysers? Blood geysers? I, I, would, so. I would like some blood, some blood geysers, some ridiculous violence, but it's it, it's not quite that either. Yeah, it, it you either need to go like real campy or just like super serious with it, and I think super serious would be the way to go. Yeah. Or go Ricky O route. It is both those things somehow. Yeah. I love Ricky O so much. What other uh, 1950s icons would you like to see in this? Hmm, let's see. Well, they had Richie Valens in here. Um, I'd want to see uh, Martin and Lewis, maybe, as a pair. That'd be kind of cool. What if you had the Rat Pack guys in there, too? Like, kind of like, we could mm-hmm. be the kings and they're crooners. <laughs> well, Rat Pack was more 60s. Because um, a 50s... I'm just saying, but, like, we're set oh, forward, so yes, you can have 50s, 60s icons for this. Have them as, like, you know, one of the... Have so them like, as, like, a... Um, if they make it to Vegas, they're just kind of, like, like the, the underbosses. Yeah, the last, like... Uh, mm-hmm. Group you have to yes. duel before you can go. They're like the three storms from what's it called? Yeah. Big trouble. They all have powers. Yeah. That would be cool. That'd as be shit. fucking rad. Like Sammy secretly is a Satan worshiper, so he's devil powers. Oh man, that'd be cool. we should make this. Yeah. Dean is really good at kicking you in the head. Hmm. What Frank do? I don't know. He has those, he has those baby blues. His powerful blue eyes. Probably like ice powers. Like freeze yeah. you. He freezes like freeze you. Freeze rays like, out yeah, of his, his eyes. Voice. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And um, Joey, he just. He's like the he's like the wormy one who doesn't really belong there. Jerry he's the Fisher. one we don't have to fight because he's just like, please don't kill me. I'll take you. He tries to knife you in the back. What if he has one of those like bishop staffs? Also that. It's Joey Bishop. I like that. He'd be like the worm tail of the group. Yeah. That works out. All right, listeners, stay tuned for our remake of Six String Samurai. Yeah, we'll be on it. Right. So, uh, any other thoughts? Um, yeah. What are your last thoughts on it, Ryan? Would you recommend it to a stranger? Uh, to a stranger? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like we said, it's not good, it's not bad, it's very meh, but like, yeah. it's definitely unique. Mm-hmm. We can say that. We should contact an independent video game maker and have them make a cool overhead, like, Zelda-ish version of this. This week, game, Shout to the Desert, mm-hmm. Samurai Attacks, like, Hyper Light different levels. Yeah, this, this is such a good, rich premise. Yeah. This is a good movie. If you want a fun time, completely non-committal, something in the background, something you can enjoy, like a B, C grade version of like Lone Wolf and Cub, or something like El Topo, um, worth watching. Yeah. This is a this is a good movie to have on your shelf. 
It's just not like... I'm going to need you to show me some of those, the merch then. If, it's, yeah. if there's a cool poster, it's going it's in here. It's a sweet poster. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, is there, is Mondo do one? No. It's, no. This is rich for a Mondo. You know, I don't think this is, this is, this hasn't had a lot of love lately. You know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to do it again. Um, what I did a couple weeks ago. Uh, What's that? Our dear friend uh, of the show, Tyler. Uh, yes. This is the next poster you need to design. You must here. do yeah. this, sir. Yeah. It's cool. This movie is ineffably cool. But it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. It's got oodles of cool. I'm, I'm all about it. All right, everyone. So we'll be back with segment two where we talk about life and a return of Let's Be Frank. Let's Be Frank. All right. Be back. Fuck you, Danny. Hey everybody, my name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies too, but the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh-oh. Um, the Sith. Because, yep. Uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what, I know what that's like. And surely... Uh, you were in a car that landed in black water? Yeah, I, dude, I know. I fucking killed a woman. You like fought? This. Uh, <laughs> you, oh, okay. Never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid, because like her reaction to that is like, "You never read the Giver? You work in a bookstore." And and I and I was like really close to just snapping. I was going like, "Listen, girl, I read a lot of other books, okay?" <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On-air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit God Girl possess? <laughs> Then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one <laughs> run in with the police. I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk chugging right wingers though. <laughs> milk chugging. And books into the water. Pledged. Barrel to arms. The magicians. Wise book. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence. The hot ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff and then when you're done with that go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck to the throat area and then go ahead and give slow readers a spin go search itunes and search up the name slow readers check us out slow readers comes out every monday you can also check us out on twitter at top gallant radio Hi, it's me, Ryan Snyder from Sex and Violence. Can you guys do me a favor? Head over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. If you can prove that you wrote that review, you can bring that into the bookstore speakeasy and get a free drink. Or if you got any questions, drop us a line, sexandviolencepod at gmail.com. Sexandviolencepod at gmail.com. And that's the word and. A-N-D. And. And thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Top Gallant Radio. Fuck you, Danny. Hello, and welcome back to Sex and Violence. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Gabe. What's up? Eh, not much. I ain't gonna get along So, let's get the Frank stuff mm-hmm. out the way. Let's be Frank. Let's be Frank. Um, let's be Frank? Let's be Frank. Let's be Frank. Let's be Frank. Perfect. Okay. Let's be Frank. 
Let's watch The Punisher. That's all I got. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. So, how, how much was I supposed to watch again? I don't know. Um, I finished episode two last night. You did? Yeah. Oh, so listeners, new... Cool, I'm still at three. Oh, great. Friends and listeners, people who just joined us, big fans of Jeffrey Falcon, like, we think he's great. Sorry, mm-hmm. don't, don't don't take this as we're shitting on any movie. No, 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 great. like, I want Jeffrey Falcon to make another... I want him back. Another six-string samurai He could have been, like, like, like a Bruce Campbell-level star. I oh, my God, I wonder why he yeah. wasn't, you know? It's kind uh, of a shame. He could have been, like, like another square-jawed ass-kicker. Imagine a like Evil Dead Made six, six string, string samurai. samurai. Oh my god, we can make that happen. Yeah. Oh, dude. That'd be fucking perfect. It's like they, they did the crossover comic with the uh, Snake Plissken and yeah. uh, Big Trouble. Like that. Oh, that. Oh, dude, fuck, that's so cool. Alternate timeline awesome. where Ash did go to the future. Yeah. Actually, it's just it's it's not even quite the future. It's just this different world. It's the same wasteland. Six string samurai. Hail to the king, baby. Oh, that'd be cool. So, oh man, they're, they're he's getting he's trying to go there because he yeah. thinks he's the king. Yeah, and then they have realize they gotta like. Up. Oh, dude, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be shit. fucking rad. And then for some reason, Kiss is there because Kiss just shows up. Yeah, and they have to use their powers to kill Gene Simmons. That'd be pretty cool, actually. The Knights and Satan service. That'd be pretty rad. Yeah. Or who would be the main bad? See, like on a modern take, I would want like the main villain, the king, to end up being like. The current reigning like le- like best show in Vegas apparently is Britney Spears still, so that shit's the queen. So they'd have Evil to like queen. oh they have you to like cut, Conan shit cut up in her there. head. Yeah, she has like some sweet snake powers. So it, clearly, Six Year Samurai it will dwell with us forever. Yeah, it's in my head. I'm oh god. I hope I'm not doing the thing where I'm convincing myself that it's amazing. It's not. Hold back. It's not. It's just it's, cool. It's, it's just cool. cool. And it's charming and it's gutsy and it. I just gotta remember every time I think it's. A masterpiece. I'm just going to remember no. the kids screaming. It's, it's just a scrappy underdog. Okay. 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 Anyway, so we do a weekly segment these days where we talk about the new TV show from Netflix called The Punisher. Just renewed for season two. Oh, yeah. I think I did see that. Oh, that's, that's, cool. that's good news. Yeah. Because we just did Punisher Warzone. Mm-hmm. And to celebrate that, we're doing some Let's Be Franken. So we can go down the line there. Yeah. So let, let, right. Let's not be Al Franken, but let's be Franken. Indeed. Don't be Al Franken. No. Alright, so you're at two? I'm at episode two. You're okay. Only at episode three if there's some more. No. Okay. I didn't know how much you were gonna watch, so I was just like, oh, coasted. Yeah, I just finished episode two. Um, let's see. What happens in episode two, right? Or want me to do it? You do it. You <laughs> watch it. Okay, let's see. So episode two. Episode one ended with Micro contacting Frank. So with a now, great line. Oh, welcome back, Frank. Is it welcome back or welcome home? Welcome back. Welcome back, Frank. So well, I gotta find out who plays Micro. I need to find this out right now because I asked that last week and didn't didn't look it up. The Punisher. Hold on. See, like we said he looks like a lot of people. Yeah. One of those faces. Siri, who plays Micro in the Punisher TV show? Marvel's The Punisher features John Bernthal, Eben Moss Backrack, Deborah, and one and others. All right, close enough. I think it's Eben Moss Backrack. That's kind of. I wish you had just said Evan Moss back, right? But whatever. Let's see a good hustle. Yeah, you give us a lot more than we wanted. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that's the dude. He. Let's. Come on, maybe. So this is their. their uh, yeah, he's Micro. Their game of tag, essentially, mm-hmm. in this episode. Let's see. He was in Girls. He played Desi. Um, uh, girls fans, there you go. Desi is him. He's. I don't think. 
He was in the movie Porn and Chicken, the original Comedy Central comedy about porn. Oh, God. And Chicken. Um, he was in Live Free or Die. He was Frederick the Bellboy in the Royal Tannenbaums. Oh, okay. Sure. Alright, whatever. Any case, so, second episode of the Punisher TV show, Bernthal is trying to hunt down Micro, because that's in that video, that, the video, mm-hmm. the tape thing. And then there's that pretty sweet fight that he has with that guy, Carson. I was at Carson once. Sorry about your ACL, dude. That's bad news bears. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Maybe uh, they'll be fine. Who knows? No, their backup's pretty good. He used yeah. to be the like main quarterback. Oh, him. what's his name? Foles? Nick Foles. Nick Foles? Right. Yeah. Um, go, go Birds, I guess. I guess. Um, listeners, if you're not an Eagles fan, that's fine. Neither am I. It's fine. I don't I'm just in Pennsylvania, and yeah, then got a and hit. most and everyone around me is a crazy Eagles fan. They're doing really well, so uh, I I just want my friends to be happy. So, like I I have that kind of reverse like like I just hope everyone has fun. Like that mom at the sporting event, mm-hmm. I'm just like I just want everyone to be happy. Yep. So that's a good way to be. Yeah. So go birds. Whatever. Sure. Yeah, I don't really care. Anyway, so they fought Carson Wolf. That guy. We meet Billy Russo. Yeah. So um, I'm. And he actually, makes his puzzle comment. Oh, does he? I forget. Yeah, he makes like something about like he meant he mentioned something that would eventually you know tie it to him being Jigsaw. He mentioned mm-hmm. something about a puzzle. Yes, and so. he's a very handsome guy. Yep. Square jaw. Billy the Butte. Is uh is um the the woman the investigator is she in the comics? I don't think so. I don't really recall. Yeah, I don't remember her name. Ma- 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 Madonna. That's that sounds wrong. We're doing a lot of looking up today. Yeah, 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 we're. We're, we're, we're thorough. We're allowed. Yeah, we tried to be uh, as uh, as informative as we are sexy. Yeah, we tried. And violent. And violent. Dina yes. Madani. I had it there. Yeah, is she not in... She's no. I guess she's not. Original character? I guess so. There's okay. no page for her. All right, that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, Ryan, how are you liking the Punisher TV show so far? Because last week, we didn't really go much into the TV show. We spent most of our time on Warzone. Uh, I'm liking it a lot. It's like uh, we'd said last week. It's a different interpretation of the character. We're definitely delving more into his background as a military man, which Warzone really didn't touch upon. No, too much. I mean, like a little bit. Yeah, more. Was Warzone was was a broad stroke, a kick-ass single installment. Yeah, this is um, very much like viewing him as you know a soldier. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a lot of flashbacky stuff to like his time in. A, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, and yeah, touching upon that, seeing his like group, the group that uh, uh, support for soldiers. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool to see that aspect portrayed because really it, it really isn't that often. It's no. more like oh he was in the military and that's how he knows how to do this, mm-hmm. and nobody ever really goes back and like shows you that. Yeah, from what I've read of like like Ennis's stuff, it is always that that Frank is like a hardened like killing machine. Instead, mm-hmm. he has always been preternaturally like a stone cold machine. I guess I never got far enough in the comics to really see what Ennis does with him as a family man. I'm very curious about that. I want to delve a little deeper. I might have to go buy some comics. Yeah, I'm into that. I think after this, I'm heading to the mall. Uh, then I have a meeting with Daniel. Fuck you, Danny. And then uh, let's do some meeting stuff there. But I'm really curious. Like, I like what they're... I'm actually really, really into this so far. Mm-hmm. That I haven't liked the Marvel show this much since Luke Cage and before that, Daredevil. Okay. Because I think Daredevil, like, 1 and 2... I mean, Burnfall's amazing in this. Yeah, he's like, a good punisher. If if Netflix, if Netflix wanted to, like, push him really hard for a lead actor in, like, the Emmys and such, I think he'd deserve a nomination. He's really good in this. He does a lot of, like... 
It takes a good actor to hold on a tight, painful close-up of a man, like a, like a man made of damaged goods. Mm-hmm. That I, I think this the directors of this are better than the directors in Jessica Jones, which is the only reason why I'm liking this more than Jessica Jones. Okay. Again, I feel like the, the technical aspects of Jessica Jones drive me nuts. I just needed more from it. it bummed me out. But I'm actually liking this at least as much as I liked season one of Daredevil. Maybe not so far as much as Luke Cage. Okay. What is the ending of uh, this episode? Is this him meeting him in the graveyard? All that? Yeah, when he, okay. when he pops Guessing. out of the truck. Yep, yep. okay. Yeah. Just making sure that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, I really thought that was cool. I was like, God damn it, Frank's just going to like fuck with him like that? I was like, nah, he's got to be following him. Then yeah, he gets out no. of the truck. Yeah. I was like, ah, genius. Yeah, it's genius. like the Chevy Impala. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's great. I'm really... I think Bernthal's... He's really like the anchor of the show. Obviously, he has to be. And he's great. I've always mm-hmm. liked Bernthal, and he's fucking outstanding in this. He's good. There's that moment where like he's flashing back to the ferry... And, like, his son says, like, yeah, he's shipping out to kill all the Hajis. Oh, and he's like, don't you ever say that. Yeah, like, he would really, like, he, like, accidentally almost hurts him a bit. And then you're like, oh, damn. One, fuck you, crazy, anti, like, like, xenophobic assholes out there. You're like, yeah, we're gonna kill all the money. Yeah, suck a dick. The Punisher is not discriminatory. He's not a racist. He is only going to be killing other combatants. Yes, exactly. Does not view them as, you know, the stereotype that they are. They're mm-hmm. human beings that need to be killed as awful as that sounds. Yeah. That's a viewpoint that he holds. There's a viewpoint that has some valid points to it. Yep. And it, it it's cool. And clearly he's a man of a conscience, even if he's a he's got principles. too far gone. He's a man of principles. Who doesn't love a killing machine of principles? That's the fastest way to make you like a character, have them do something incredibly extreme, and then show nuance to them. That's kind of funny. I mean, touching back on our uh, conversation from last week, I mean, the mm-hmm. Punisher is not, it is a man who does have a guideline yeah. of who is deserving of the killing, but like we said, tarnish your soul. Yeah. Sometimes you need you need someone to take in all the darkness for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see where the story goes. I really am. Me too. I've talked to people who... Um, we're kind of pissed about like the way it goes a little bit because it's like I mean, oh he's just the he's, Marvel slump as always almost. Well, talking about like the Punisher is like a guy who goes after criminals and they're saying like it turns into a conspiracy theory where he's going against like the CIA and I'm like, all right, well we'll see how they do it. I mean, I, yes. Yeah. I mean, Jigsaw's there. Yeah. So it's it's clearly there's gonna be a lot more inside stuff. I like that's how like how um, Kurgan was the bad guy for him and see in Daredevil mm-hmm. that it's. And I think always the best stories are about this, how we make our own monsters. That yeah. I think if it was just like episode after episode of Punisher killing random criminals, that would get real old real fast. Yeah. And then you, like season two, you can, you can bring it back down to give him a big, ugly, black and white bad guy and just have him shoot the shit out of those bad dudes. That's what he did in Daredevil season two. Yeah, maybe give him a uh, kingpin. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. God, I, oh, he's so great in Daredevil. Yeah. All those prison scenes. Oh, I actually, like you said, Bernthal's great and everything. One of my favorite things with him in it is uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. I love his character in that. He plays such a fucking douchebag so well. It's I really, see that again. Yeah, it's, that's one of those movies I walked out of the theater not liking it. And mm-hmm. I was like, eh, solid C. And then I rebought it on DVD and like, it's, it's a movie I can just put on anytime. It's that an, it's an, any, it is an or anytime. rock pick for us. I'm always down to watch that fucking movie. It's it's a uh, it's a commitment, but it is yeah, great. It's a I could do that movie from memory. Like, I don't even need to rewatch it. Uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah. I, I'm 
I'm kind of bummed. Well, not. Well, I guess we can wrap up. Let's be frank, right? Mm-hmm. So next week we're gonna see what happens. Well, I'm gonna catch up on episode three. Yep. Um. Let's see. My time is running short here. Yeah. So maybe let's do. I'll do two episodes for next week. Okay. I'll do three and four. Okay. I'll get. I'll get up to speed with you. Word. Okay. We'll do that. And that wraps up. Let's be frank. Yes, we've talked about the Punisher. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So I was in New York this past weekend. And I really wanted to catch any number of movies, but then I had to work on this final paper, which I did not get done, which is a shame. Turns out academic papers are hard, especially yeah. if maybe writing this last one depends whether or not I finish college. Mm. So, whatever. But I really want to see, there were so many great movies playing in the city that I really wanted to catch. I didn't get to catch any of them because my mm. timetable was all wrong. Sad I was like, do I prioritize seeing friends or do I prioritize seeing movies? And I thought, I can only see movies. Contrary to popular belief, I don't only go to the movies. I have human beings that I like to talk to. So I did that. But I really want to see Call Me By Your Name. Hopefully that's coming to our local art house theater. The reviews for that have been even better than Lady Bird. Really? Although not aggregate, but like the individual reviews are saying okay. it's like this best movie of the year. It looks great. It looks beautiful and very sad. And I want to see a Disaster Artist, but I'll go see that tonight. But speaking of things to see... Uh, I, I do want to see I, Tanya. I think that's coming. Low. That's going to mass release at some point. Yeah, I'd like to see that. And I also do want to see Disaster Artist. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. It's a lot of It's award season. But speaking of things we're going to see very soon, Ryan, what are you seeing tomorrow night? Oh, yes. This is the uh, the week where uh, Last Jedi comes out. Mm-hmm. I have pre-bought my tickets. 10.30 showing. Mm-hmm. Um, P.M.? Yes, 10.30 p.m. Uh, I, I wanted to go earlier, but all the people that I'm going with are industry people ah. so but my one uh, friend who uh is coming he had told his chef my tongs are hitting the board at nine o'clock fire me if you want <laughs> so he is a, uh, a a principled man of uh jedi beliefs i can dig that is anyone dressing up no i don't think we're that level of nerd yeah and like i i think like i have a thing about wearing like the t-shirt sure, of the, the t-shirt to, to, no I, I feel like it's wearing the t-shirt of the band to the show okay i feel that's a little much that's even that's much yeah that's too much for me i guess maybe i could see that that either you commit all the way and wear the full costume or snow i mean i don't yeah. really do it i'll wear some geeky thing like oh maybe i'll wear a punisher shirt and people sure. are like oh that guy okay uh-huh. i can tell he reads comics and probably didn't get laid for a long time yeah I'm wearing a plain white v-neck and dress pants, which is what I always wear. Okay. Anyway, but, uh, so friend of the show, Tosh, she, um, told me that her, her gentleman and his friends, they're the hyper nerds, that they're going to be there for, I think they're going to catch a pre-screening like you tomorrow, or today when this is being released, and they're full on dressing up as like oh, Kylo Ren and shit. That's awesome. And she's in like, she, like, I was like, she's like, oh, I'm dating you. You're, you're. That level of nerd. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, well, you knew what you were getting into. She's like, fair enough. Cool. I couldn't do that. I don't want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I I respect the hell. Good for you people for doing what you want to do and dressing up. The only way to do it is if you have, like, the legit, like, get up. Yeah. And I, um, Ivan, he totally does. Does he? Was, yeah, they were at Comic-Con. He had a full-on Kylo Ren gear. He looked pretty cool, actually. That's badass. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure, like, a friend of the show, Philip Porta, is going to be doing the same. I wonder if Probably. he brings his lightsaber. He has a lightsaber? Phil, let us know. Um, tweet at us. He has a lightsaber? Dude, he has like four. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he and the wife have like several lightsabers. That's awesome. Yeah. We gotta ask him about it. Ask him to show him, show, show you his lightsaber. Oh. Sounds sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, uh, I, I Ryan, dig Ryan what your, Johnson. What are your expectations? Sky high. Sky high? Uh, I saw... I shouldn't have done this, but I saw a couple of the early reviews. Nothing spoiler territory. I didn't even read the AV Club one. I, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm walking in blind. Yeah, they're glowing. Okay. The one that I read was like, it is only behind Empire in terms of quality. Okay. And enjoyment, and I was like, "That's no." Everyone always brings up Empire for everything. I'm so walking like, in low. I always yeah. walk in low. I, I mean, what do we know about the plot? Like, like the same she's thing. She's training with Luke. She's training with Luke, and that's all we have confirmed, that's really. No, and like maybe a little bit of like Laura Dern has purple hair. Poe and Finn bromancing. I I hope so. I mean, we we need it. We need a new Han and Chewie. Yeah, two guys. We, we, we see a we see. Um, Finn have a face off against Captain Phasma apparently. That you know, I didn't even, I didn't even want to see the extended trailer. I was kind of irritated when I had to. I'm so big on trailers. No, I, I do uh. see, for me it's like something like that, especially these days, trailers for blockbusters give away so much. Mm-hmm. I've started avoiding them. I like I'm... trailers for indie films, things I'm not going to see otherwise. But for the tent poles I'm going to see, I kind of try to avoid them these days. I'm really nervous about walking into the theater and like walking by the people coming out. Earmuffs. Yeah, I'm like I'm honestly contemplating having like walking in with earplugs. Go for like, it. I'm really because I don't want to be like walking by a, a group. Man, who thought <laughs> that South Banner is Luke's father? Yeah. Oh come on. Yeah, like a group of kids walking by, like, oh my god, can you believe that they killed off Ray? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Prove that Kylo Ren and Ray have all the sex for half an hour. Like I like I would like if some seventeen year old kid like walks past me doing that, I will. Someone's getting their fucking teeth knocked out. Like, do not spoil movie. Headphones. Yeah, I'm really thinking about it. And like, I, the two guys I'm going with are complete Star Wars nuts, like I am. Like, there's been times we're like hanging out together, drinking in a bar, and like our girlfriends and wives are like, "Can you guys shut the fuck up? I don't care about like what planet this is. We can we talk about something else? No. No, we can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've I've tamped that in my life, having been like disappointed too often. I still do love Star Wars. Like I, I love Star Wars. I really do. I loved Force Awakens. Like, I, I am one hundred and ten percent in the camp that anyone who says that who's oh, just New Hope again. I'm like, fuck you. New Hope was great, and Force Awakens. Do you know how hard it is to make a good movie? If you want to like piggyback and kind of cyclically do it again, it's fine. What? Like, how about you make a better Star Wars Episode Eight? Asshole. Seven. 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 Asshole. So, yeah. I've, I've, I've always, like, I feel like that is a criticism everyone picked up from the internet, mm-hmm. and they just, they say it to sound but, smart, yeah. and that's when I'm just like, no dick, it's fine. Every, um, Jedi was the same story as a, as a New Hope. It's fine. They built, they built, they built another star, a fucking Death Star. Did it's I talk fine. to you about the, the circle theory that I saw? Maybe, I don't know. There's, um, Do tell Ryan. The, uh, I forget what it's, it's called. Conspiracy Corner. But, no, 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 it's like, a, a, some, I guess maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but like, there's a, uh, it's like a circle, it's almost like your tattoo. It's Which a circle. One? It's a circle, oh, yes. right? And like, they, the theory postulates that the movies mirror each other. Cool. So, like, one example that they give was, like, at the beginning of, uh, I think it's, like, episode one or two, they're uh, having ships come in and they're requesting clearance to, like, land, and it's uh, rebel ships. Mm-hmm. Like, well, not rebel, but, like... No, what, episode one? Yeah, it, episode one or two, like, they're, get, they're trying to get clearance to, like, get onto the ship, and it's people of the Republic. Oh, sure. And then you have, like, episode, like, I think it matches up for, like, like five or six, and 
it's coming in from the other side and it's the Empire requesting clearance to land. And like it's all these movies and like they line up two movies on like each side and then there's like ones that are standalone that are like cool. cyclical. I'll have to find the theory Try and send that. it to you. It's really it's really long and intellectual. You'll love it. No, I, I like it. That that just sounds like the fundamental tenets speaking of my tattoo, the fundamental tenets of story structure. Yeah. It just makes sense. Like um, did you watch the DC animated universe? No. So the intended close of the DC animated universe is uh, the last episode of Unlimited, where it's a epilogue. It's called epilogue to Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. Did you get into that at all? No, not really. Oh, I, I mean, love Batman Beyond. It's so fucking. Return cool. of the Joker. Yeah, love that fucking thing. If you get a chance, just, just like blast through all those. They are top class animation and writing. That's outstanding. But you know, they always want to bookend these things. And the very first shot of Batman the Animated Series uh, on leathery wings, I think it's called. It's um. Coming from left to right, it's the outline of a building, and it's a shadowy like figure flying, and then someone in a plane goes, "What was that?" And it ends the exact same way, just like limited from the other direction, and it's Terry flying off into the night, taking off, them taking care of Gotham. Okay. So it's just traditional storytelling where you want to parallel everything. People like stories to end where they began, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. That it just makes things so tight and. If you're if you're struggling for structure to tell a story, just write a, just make a circle. You need to end back where you begin, and at the halfway point, you have to be as far away as possible as you could have been. Okay, to circle it back to Star Wars. Yes, like Tai Chi style. Yes, when we're talking about like trilogies, mm-hmm. how do you think that the the middle movie should like end? Like, what should be the purpose of the middle to get to the end, or should the be like should we do like build up? Because like what. Like, what are you expecting to, like, kind of see, like, plot beat-wise out of Jedi? Last Jedi. Um, I think trilogies are tricky, that kind of thing. That, that, especially if you're trying not to completely ape Empire, I get the desire to not do that after all the criticism. But, I mean, in three-act structure, the whole, it, like, uh, in the book, How Writing Movies for Fun and Profit by Thomas Lennon and Ben Garrett, um, they set up a three-act structure this exact way. It's really simple. Act one, a guy gets up in a tree, can't get down. Act two, people throw rocks at him. Act three, he gets down from the tree. So act two is going to be the worst it gets always. So that suggests at the end of this one, it has to be setting up for, like it has to be at its worst at the end of two. Things have so to be done. They have to be the done. Worst they have that to they... be, yeah, it has to be the lowest point for the most part if you really want to like needle in on structure like step seven or so almost anyway anyway this um this is gonna end with all is lost heartbreak yeah all is lost but then we must go on okay like what so samuel it'll, beckett once said it'll be darkness on, we'll with on. a glimmer of hope exactly it's han is maybe gone forever but at least um yeah it's Leia watching Lucas the millennium Newman. falcon yeah. fly off while they look up and lay yeah so this is gonna end with something with something irrep we can't go back that these things always have to have a point of no return like han's gone who knows what's gonna happen then they have to immediately reverse it at the beginning of the third one which mm-hmm. is just a shame that's just how it has to be but something irreversible happens has to happen at the end honestly i'm surprised that they killed han at the beginning of spoiler of episode seven so at the end of episode seven so mm-hmm. something big has to happen it has to be something big enough to launch you into a final chapter so, I don't know. You so, someone's Ray's, getting th- fucked up. You think Ray's falling to the dark side? I think Ray's going to temporarily fall to the dark side. And I think it's going to be up to, like, Finn and Poe to, like, 
saber or something. Hmm. I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna see exactly. I think Luke's probably gonna die, or they're gonna incorporate somehow uh, Leia having passing away. But something has to happen in that direction. But I think it's gonna be someone has to go, hmm. and we'll see who it is. Okay, someone's someone's getting the axe. Someone's someone's getting the axe. Ryan Johnson, I believe in you. Yeah. Oh man, I love him so much. Me too. They should bring in JGL just to hang out in the background. Wouldn't it be great if he had a cameo? He's like, like one of the Jedi who gets cut down mm-hmm. by the Knights of Ren. Yep. I'd be like, oh my god, there he is! There he is, he made it! Him and, uh, who's his other regular? He time-traveled. Noah, Noah something? Oh. Segan. Wait, Noah Segan? Yeah. Which one are you talking about? He's, um, he's, um, he's Dode from Brick. Oh, yeah, And, okay. uh, and what's, what's his fucking name in Looper? The, uh, is he... The fuck up. Blue? Yeah. Kid Blue? Yeah. I'm gonna watch Looper when I go home. Yeah. I'm, man, what do I watch tonight when I go from work? Do I watch Looper because it's gonna be a Ryan Johnson movie? Mm-hmm. Or do I watch a Star Wars movie? Hmm. What do I watch? Did I ever send you that, that video from Lessons from the Screenplay, that YouTube channel I like a lot? Hmm. Maybe not. They do a comparison essay about uh, the, be- the, the pros and cons of Rogue One, the pros and cons of Force Awakens. And he makes this interesting point that I really, really like. It's that... Acts 1 and 2 of Force Awakens are just about perfect. And Act 3 kind of does this weird thing where it kind of like muddles and rushes, which mm-hmm. I agree. And Rogue One, Acts 1 and 2 are utter shit. And Act 3 is where it nails it. Mm-hmm. And they make this really wonderful comparison to the fact that, you know you know what, but is a cool thing they did but doesn't really work in the sense of story structure is that Rey saves herself. That's a cool thing they do to make it like, more equal but in terms of if you're building up that story that means there was no reason why finn and uh and han solo and co should have been on that ship to begin with it just becomes kind of comic happenstance Mm -hmm. rather than storytelling rather than like a driven story structure which is interesting i'll send you that link it's really really fucking fascinating i would like to do that i'll do it right now or uh watch that yes all right, so that is about our what we've seen kind of thing. Yeah. I'm um, looking forward to Disaster Artist and Star Wars. I'm seeing it Friday morning. Yeah, maybe I'll try and convince uh, Michelle Monaghan to go see Disaster Artist over Justice League. Yeah. Because she really wants to see Justice League, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, meh. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so we have, like, date night this week, so I have to figure nice. out which movie we're going to go see. Yeah, go see Disaster Artist. I mean, unless you want to have a bad time. Ooh, yeah, he don't. wrote one called Blade Runner, Constructing a Future Noir. Oh, okay, what's are, this channel called? This is called Lessons from the Screenplay, and they are excellent little primers on screenwriting. Oh, let's see, I'm just gonna like, I love his, his True Detective vs. Seven one. It's what? great. He has one in the Dark Knight social network. He's fucking outstanding. He, like, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but he writes these videos that are like, really, really excellent film essays. Done. Saved. Yes. Right. Check that shit out. Cool. Um, okay. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, Lord. What are we doing next week, Ryan? Oh. It's just about Christmas time. Do you want to do Gremlins? Uh, yeah. I think we should do Gremlins. Okay. Let's... Do you want to bring a guest on? I'm sure either Daniel or um, or Skipperino would want to join us. Uh, or someone new, maybe. Skip said he would join if uh, we do it. Um, but, yeah. Sounds good. Do you know anyone else who's a big, like, horror holiday fan who would be a fun person to join us? I could find somebody. Okay. Let's try, let's try and whip someone out. Yeah. It's been a while since you've had a guest. Yeah. Someone so, new anyway, besides Daniel. It means count. we're going to have to do a Monday one. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's doable. That. Yeah. 
Right. Some goats. We'll find somebody. Okay. Ryan, plug. Uh, you can find uh, me on the Instagram you. at Tango Like Cash. Uh, also, every Friday, Saturday night at the bookstore Speakeasy with Gabriel for a limited time only. 336 hey. Adams Street, Bethel, PA 18018. Uh, leave a five star review on iTunes. We need it. Please do mm-hmm. that. If you can prove that you wrote a five star review, you get a free cocktail. Yeah. Boom. Gaby. Listeners, please check out the other Top Gout radio shows. There is Slow Readers, a fast-paced literature podcast, where Daniel, William, Michael, and I discuss literature and nothing. It's a whole lot of nothing. And then pretty intense literature talk. I believe we're doing J.M. Coetzee's Disgrace coming up this week. It's a move. It's a book about um, a, a professor who has sex with an underage student. Well, she's not underage, but she's a student. And then Disgrace follows. That's going to be an interesting talk. Anyway... Besides that, listen also to Only Lovers Left in the Library. It is a show where three sexy Latinas discuss literature, feminism, and erotica. It's a great show. It's a good time. Check out their YouTube channel as well at Only Lovers Left on YouTube. Follow me on the internet at gmara number four serious on Tumblr and Twitter, and me personally on the Instagram at babymara. Find a end of it as well as sex and violence pod. And that's about that. That's about that. Gremlins next. Cool dog. Gremlins next. All right. All right. Bye. 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 This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topcountradio.com. 